So our reading today is taken from various chapters in the book of Proverbs. He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers, those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not cleansed of their filth, those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are so disdainful. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The Lord tears down the proud man's house, but he keeps the widow's boundaries intact. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honour and life. This is the word of the Lord. I'm very grateful to Andrew for letting me preach on my final Sunday, although I'm not quite sure why he chose this particular topic for me to to speak on, the danger of pride. But um, what I am sure of is that we need God's help as we look at his word together. So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you know our hearts better than we know them. And we pray this morning that you would Uh, shine your light on our hearts, that you would help us to understand who we are before you. And we pray that you would help us to turn afresh to you and to turn our hearts over into your hands and to submit our ways to your ways. And we pray this for your glory. Amen. There is one vice of which no man in the world is free which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else, and of which hardly any people ever imagine that they are guilty of themselves. There is no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. The more we have it ourselves, the more we dislike it in others. The vice I am talking of is pride. Some words from C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. We've all seen proud people in action. We've all met, I guess, proud people maybe at a a dinner party, a a person you can't stop talking about themselves and their amazing careers and lives. We've met maybe um, parents at the school gate who can't stop talking about their wonderful, amazing, perfect children, um, how well-rounded and successful they are. We've um, all met friends who never stop um, having the final word in a discussion. You can never be wrong when they debate with you. We've seen Simon Cowell on our TV screens as well. But I suggest the reality to, um, shown to us by Proverbs this morning is that if we want to find a proud person, we need only look in the mirror. 
And yet the problem with pride is that the more we have it in our hearts, the harder it is for us to see it in our reflection. And if you like, Proverbs brings us sight correction. Proverbs helps us to see as we need to see in order to understand our hearts as they really are. And I have to say, as one standing here preaching this morning, it has been a a revealing week for me. I have discovered afresh just how proud I am. And I stand here preaching to you as one who needs to hear this as much as anyone in the room this morning. So I hope you can see a handout as we said this, a selection of verses from Proverbs on this theme of humility and pride. And there are three headings that I hope you can see that we'll work through together as we go this morning. The first is this, uh, what is pride? We don't find a neat, tidy definition of pride in Proverbs. Uh, it comes out in different ways and, and in different um, aspects and different contexts. And the one particular aspect I want to focus on this morning is there in Proverbs 28, verse 26. He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Often the the proud person and the fool are are, are spoken of in in the same way. And so I think here we see a picture of someone who who is foolish in their pride. We don't need to strut around banging our chest saying, look at me, I'm amazing to be a proud person. No, we just need to be self-reliant, someone who trusts in themselves. If you like, pride is the conviction that we have in and of ourselves the resources and abilities to do what we want to do in our lives. And our culture is dripping with self-reliance. It is ingrained in us from a young age. We're told that we need to be independent people who can achieve things on our own. We tell our children to reach for the stars and to dream dreams. Our culture tells us that self-esteem is one of the great enemies. I went on to Amazon this week and I um, did a search in the book section and I typed in uh, books tagged under self-esteem and I got 108,000 hits. I did the same for humility I got less than 2,000 hits. We are obsessed with self-esteem, with with self-reliance, self-confidence. Don't get me wrong, self-esteem is not a bad thing. A biblical view of self-esteem is a good thing, but our culture has made it an ultimate thing, the thing to prize most. And I fear that this kind of self-confidence slips into our hearts and into our church so very easily. So one particular angle on the proud heart is that that it is a self-reliant heart. So how can we spot self-reliance in our own hearts? How can we tell where we are um, with this? Well, our prayer life is not a bad place to start. Uh, I have no idea how much each of you prays when you close the door at home and no one can see you. I have no idea I do know that I pray far less than I should. And the reason why is that I revel in self-confidence. I hate having to rely on other people. And my guess is I'm not the only one here today. As a church, as a family here today, I think we would do well to keep on asking ourselves how much our prayer undergirds the ministry here at St. Andrew's. 
A self-reliant person is also someone who struggles to receive instruction and input from others. So uh, look at the next uh, reading, Proverbs 30, verse 11. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Those who are pure in their own eyes and are yet not cleansed of their filth. Those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are so disdainful. In the Jewish culture, parents were figures of respect because they had experience, they were wise. And not just on Mother's Day, I should add, but um, always. Um, and yet the haughty person, the, the proud person, is described as one who curses their parents. In other words, the proud person um, looks at the wise person and says, I don't want your instruction. I don't want to hear from you. I, I will go my own way in my life. They are defiantly pure in their own eyes. And so in 14 verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Or the same 16 verse 2, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. A proud person, a self-reliant person, is also someone who struggles with correction, with 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 input from others. And so I wonder how we handle correction from, from friends, from others. What about our own personal reading of the scriptures as we open them up and read them for ourselves? When we come to a verse which kind of cuts against the grain of our hearts and it challenges us and we think, really, can that be true? What do we do in that moment of decision? Do we kind of rationalize it or, or do we ignore it or do we push that verse away and kind of skip on to the next bit? Well, a humble person is someone who is willing to let the Bible correct them and change them and challenge them and not to duck away from that. Or when is the last time we've let a loving friend just talk to us um, in confidence and put a finger on something in our lives and we've let them do it? And we've been receptive to that. And we've, been allowed, we've allowed them to come into our hearts and say, I just wonder if you need to think about this. You see, a, a self-reliant person struggles to let other people in. They struggle to open their hearts. They, they, they can't do that. Well, what about our relationship to feedback, whether positive or negative? A self-reliant person craves feedback. Don't get me wrong, it's a good thing to pass on praise. And it's, it's wonderful on a day like today to, to rightly praise and honor our mothers who do such a, a wonderful uh, job amongst us. It, it is good and right to, to praise. But a proud person is consumed with the need to get feedback because their whole mechanism for self-worth is based on their own performance. And so they need praise. And when it's not coming, when the feedback is negative, they are crushed. And so if we oscillate back and forth in our lives between euphoria at a job well done or despair at a job badly done, it's worth just asking, why do we swing back and forth so much? Is it because we are self-reliant? Well, if pride is self-reliance, number two, what is the problem with pride? I think if we're honest, we often view pride as one of the more respectable shortcomings. It's not one of the biggies like 
murder or rape. It's not one of the kind of public ones like drunkenness or, or really bad temper. Uh, if we're in a Bible study and we're all opening up and sharing prayer requests, I guess we wouldn't mind saying, well, you know, I, I do struggle a bit with pride. Um, or maybe we think, well, yes, I am proud, but I'm proud for a good reason. You know, I, I am actually really clever. Um, or actually, I'm, I'm actually really good at earning money. And okay, it's not ideal, but what's wrong with a little bit of pride on the side? Well, let's look at what Proverbs has to say about the problem with pride. 16 verse 8. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. It's one of our best known sayings, isn't it? Pride comes before a fall. But it is true. And let's be crystal clear this morning why that is the case. It's not bad luck. It's not fate. It's not some alignment of the stars, which means that that's the pattern in this world. No, pride comes before a fall because there is a God who is personally against proud people. Proverbs 15, verse 25. The Lord tears down the proud man's house, but he keeps the widow's boundaries intact. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. I have to say, this has stopped me in my tracks this week as I've been mulling over Proverbs and pride. Because pride is not a small thing, and I thought it was. It's not a respectable sin. In fact, C.S. Lewis calls it the great sin because in many ways it stands behind every other sin. It was pride which caused the first sin, wanting to be like God, reaching out for a station that did not belong to humanity, wanting to replace God and to become self-reliant. And God is against proud people because he alone deserve to sit on the throne. He will not share it with others. And so Proverbs 16 verse 19 is a truly startling, startling verse. The writer says, better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. In other words, it would be better to live on the streets, to have no house, to have no income, to have no education, to have no career prospects, to have no security, and to be a humble person, then it would be to have all of those things and to be a proud person. That's the force of the verse. Why is this the case? Because God is against proud people, and he is for the humble And this means the real problem with pride is not that other people think we're, that we're a bit proud and don't like us because we're proud. That's not the big problem with pride. The big problem with pride is that God is against us if we're proud. I think this means that the proud person will ultimately be the most frustrated person in the world because what they really crave, they will never ultimately achieve and what they fear most, they will ultimately get. The proud person is rarely joyful, rarely content, and it's no wonder because they are in an almighty battle against God himself. So pride is a big problem. And as we think about us as a church here in St. Andrews, and I I include myself in this completely, when we place ourselves in, in the global context, we have 
a high level of uh, quality of life. We have a high level of access to education. We have, by and large, a high level of income. Um, if you look at the global scales, we have a, a fantastic life here in North Oxford. And so I suspect the particular tug of self-reliance will be all the stronger on our, in our hearts compared to other people around the world. And we would do well as a church to pay particular attention to the danger and tug of self-reliant pride. So finally, number three, what can we do about our pride? And I've been asking myself this question all week. Humility is not a destination we will ever arrive at fully this side of glory. Let's be clear about that. And yet we can make huge progress as we seek to become less proud people. And so two thoughts as we think about how to journey towards humility. Um, just, just two thoughts as we finish. The first, um, practice makes perfect. Proverbs 13, verse 10. Uh, pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. In other words, we can practice pride we can practice coming out relationships and we just go into our, pr- our proud mindset and we quarrel and we fight and we defend ourselves. Or we can practice the alternative. We can practice humility. We can practice taking advice from other people. We may not like it. We may not feel as if they're qualified to input into our lives. But if we want to grow in humility, we need to open up ourselves to other people's inputs. And I think the more we choose to do that, the more we practice it, the more humble we get. Because to listen to other people takes our eyes off ourselves and invites us to engage with their position. Uh, Likewise, Proverbs 22 verse 4, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. This, if you like, is our kind of vertical um, perspective. Humility and, and fear of the Lord are kind of put together here. They're almost equals, if you like. And and being fearful of the Lord is something that we can practice too. When we come to read the scriptures for ourselves, how we read it, with what attitude, can enforce habits. If we practice um, praying through and, and humbling ourselves before the word, we find, I think, our hearts become more humble. So let's practice humility. Let's let's just start living it out in practice, and I think we find our hearts become more humble as we do so. But the second tip for progressing is uh, we need to learn to forget. We need to learn to forget. C.S. Lewis notes that in the unlikely event that we were to meet a truly humble man, he writes, he will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. That's not a bad definition of humility not thinking about himself at all. In other words, true humility is found not in constantly asking ourselves, oh, how humble am I? But rather, just simply focusing on other people. And um, uh, tonight I'm preaching on Philippians 2, which is a wonderful description of the truly humble man, the one who came into the world, who humbled himself, who served others and died on a cross. And that is the ultimate example of someone who did not think of himself first, but thought of others and humbly served them. His journey cost him everything, and I think we are invited to follow in his footsteps and to serve others, even if it's costly. 
But as we do that, as we think of the other person's need, as we forget ourselves, so we find that our hearts are transformed. That is humility. And there is something wonderful here because God does oppose the proud, but we read in James that he gives grace to the humble. And the truly humble man, Jesus Christ, yes, he suffered for a season, but do you know how Philippians 2 um, finishes off in that section? God the Father exalts the truly humble one to the place of ultimate glory and honor. God gives grace to the humble. And in God's economy, in God's world, those people who are willing to lose themselves in humility will ultimately gain everything. In fact, what we long for in our pride, the status, the honor, the position of of glory, is only obtained in our humbling. And so I finish with one more quote from C.S. Lewis. I wish I'd got a bit further with humility myself. If I had, I could probably tell you more about the relief, the comfort of taking off the fancy dress, getting rid of the false self with all its, look at me and aren't I a good boy, and all its posing and posturing. To get even near it, even for a moment, is like a drink of cold water to a man in a desert. Let's pray. Father, we get ourselves into a dreadful muddle sometimes when we think about success and progress. Father, please help us to see where we are self-reliant, where we harbor pride. Father, please help us to think of the other, to think of you, to think of that great example of your son, Jesus Christ, and his humility. And Father, please help us to believe that when we humble ourselves, when we commit ourselves into your hands, that you will look after us, that you will make a way for us. Give us fresh confidence in your economy and your plans. We pray this for your glory. Amen.